Hello and welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're going to discuss the second episode in the third season of Vikings. The Wanderer, written of course by Michael Hurst, directed by Ken Garati. I gave this episode a 9.5 out of 10. We have a lot of moving parts. I mean, we were in Mercia. We were in Cadigate. We were in... Uh, or at the settlement where the the Vikings are now pitching home. And I love how they very effortlessly handle multiple story arcs and manage to give them an appropriate amount of attention to develop them along and even give us some character work as well. Because Judith has been around for a while, but we've barely heard much from her. And we are not really clear what her relationship with with Aethelwulf is like. It seems a little bit of a strained marriage. It doesn't seem to be a particularly happy one. We see her relationship with her father-in-law and how they have a certain wit that is missing when Aethelwulf is around. There's a lot of little tiny components on rewatching that I am picking up. But certainly things that they are dropping for the audience as well in this one to uh, to show you the trajectory of where everyone is at and then where they are they are thinking of being in the future. I think we even went to because I know there's a fourth location. I just can't remember it, but I know it's the seat of where Agatha's Yaldo We'll just say Earldom. Earldom is. So firstly, let's go to, well, actually, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, go down to the rating section, drop a like, subscribe, leave some comments or a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback on Vikings or any other show that I'm doing, blackercouch at gmail.com. Now we can go to the, to the usurper because Hedabai, that's the name of the location, because he very much has, with Einar's help, gotten the support of his family and they are now uh, naming him the new Earl. Right you are, motherfucker. He has a brief conversation with Einar. Well, he does make mention as well that you know, we're being led by a woman. And I know I made commentary earlier about the place of women in society. They have a lot more freedom than, but leading warriors, men, there's always going to be a male around trying to usurp that honor simply just because many women did not accomplish as much. Reinforcing that Lagatha, like Ragnar, are both not the um the rule they're the exception to it so he talks to Einar about his dreams of not becoming Ragnar Lothbrok but becoming as famous as him and I think this is important because Kalf is not the only young man we have heard very recently in fact speak of uh if you are not sure who I'm referencing it's actually Bjorn who's spoken of going out and conquering and 
making a name and a reputation for themselves. So Ragnar has inspired his people in a way he did not necessarily predict because now they're far more aggressively after a glory more so than what he himself is trying to uh, trying to establish which is a permanent working relationship permanent settlement in England and sure let's go and explore other places if that's what you want to do but that doesn't seem to even be of interest to the young folk back home. You know, they just want to go out and fuck shit up. They don't want to focus on the the dream that's now Lagatha's and Ragnar's. They want to go out and do what young Viking men grow up being taught to do. You tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me, you hear? Personally, because I love Lagatha, this is a shitty move. To be betrayed by someone she thoroughly thought she could trust to be her her voice while she was gone. However, playing devil's advocate, she kind of fell into the same mistake that Ragnar did about not leaving enough people behind to take care of your business. And you do need, granted, I really have a hard time judging her in the same respect because this guy is someone who's been around for a year but then again she should have known that 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 would have been brewing with Einar still around she should have known that, that was gonna brew she should have taken care of that threat herself and I don't know I I think she tried to do the better thing kind of like Ragnar did but trusting people they're learning the hard way that politics it's a vicious game. It doesn't, it's not based on honor. It's based on uh, maneuvering and being smarter than your opponent and also lowering your moral high ground, which is exactly how Ragnar was able to defeat uh, the king whose crown he now wears. I just think that Lagatha could have spent a little bit more time building up her base because it doesn't seem as if there's anyone around that's really on her side. And that to me is problematic because that tells me you did not ingratiate yourself enough with these people. Um, and, and in retrospect, other than the one year, you know, the spring season, She's just been hopping off with Ragnar. They know that this that's his ex-wife. It feels like she's out living her best dream. That's also the king's dream. But it's not their dream. You know what I mean? So that's a whole bag of shit waiting for her to come back to. Let's talk about Cadigat. Since we are across the across the sea. Helga, Siggy, and Aslug all have the same dream. They continue to be haunted by this person, a cloak figure that shows up, seems to be supernatural. They don't know what the omen is. They just know that they felt dissatisfied when he did, when they woke up. Uh, Helga's the only one that's like, maybe we shouldn't be into this omen. And this is the first time in a while the show has really played with the supernatural. But they leaned on it in this episode rather heavily. And I think that's because of the turning tide that's happening in England. That's just a supposition. 
actually don't know. <laughs> um, just because things are turning, right? And we have a big conversation about or an addressing of religion and the religious differences between these two, these two peoples that right now has not shown itself in any ugly way, but Athelstan was crucified. Put your faith in the light. Not to mention the fact that there's some questionable decisions about, uh, about the man that is the king, Eckbert. This is a few things he said that perked my, my earballs. And I think the fact that you have to have an interpreter there is really problematic because you then cannot yourself weigh the weight of the words that they're saying because you do not understand the context of which they are stringing the sentences together. (laughs) And the wooing bit of that situation feels earnest but it also feels a little much (laughs) but we will get to that part of the situation in a moment but back in Cadigan all these women are are having this continuous dream other things happen around them what he says a fireball in his other hand until the end of the episode when a man shows up played by a very familiar face. He's usually been like in fucking everything. Ah, uh, forgot what his name is, but he is the wanderer. They've all been having these this dream about. And he's asking for help and Siggy looks like she is more than happy to help him. It was Siggy, right? And that Helga. I'm pretty sure it was Siggy. Again, I watched this episode a few days ago. I was waiting for Shy because I don't ever want her to say that I never waited on her ever. <laughs> so I might have some details incorrect. Do not attack me. Now let's go to what's truly interesting which is happening across the way in england let's go with the king Eckbert and lagatha wooing as it were he's laying it on so thick it's like jesus fucking christ relax don't you ask when you want to go to west relax don't you ask when you want to come part of me feels as if he wants her because she's Ragnar's ex-wife I'm just putting that out there I'm putting it out there I think he would like her regardless but just because men are men (laughs) he might have went after her anyway but that's a that's an added bonus and you can't tell me otherwise King Ekber picks up some grass or some dirt and says this is my gift to you after you've already told her 15 times you got her this land what I didn't love was the fact that he said that he kicked off the other people who lived on this land for the Vikings to take over. You don't think that's going to cause some, I don't know, hostility with the neighbors? Explain to me. Explain to me. Out of all the land in your fucking kingdom, you needed to pick the one where it already had people on it? 
insult to injury some of the people that were kicked off the land now have to come back and welcome the vikings onto their farmland the thing about king Eckbert is he's someone when i watch him is playing to win and win for what in game that's the unsure thing because I would think if you are going into a home and you know that these are pagans, why would you then ask Athelstan, who himself is part pagan and part Christian, to discard his Christian belief and pray? Which, of course, Athelstan, being the good person that he is, will bless the house. But it's not for the people who live there. It's for you. Right? And then when you had that moment of the guy coming in and he puts his his uh, idol there, there's a moment of discomfort, but it truly is like, oh, well, you can have this land, but as long as you practice our religion, like, why are we not having more of a conversation about that and the possible issues there? Of course, Lagatha, not being quite as uh diplomatic would not be fully aware of the the turmoil the religious turmoil going on here she rather sees this king as this nice man he keeps presenting himself at this really nice person who's uh who's besotted with her wants to know if she's single <laughs> i love her look every time Yo short ass know you gotta be second best. <laughs> she doesn't look like she's offended, but she doesn't look like she's giddy up. Like she was more ready to fuck Calf in the first episode than she is <laughs> uh, ready to have sex with the king, but she is flattered. And I love that Lagatha doesn't, despite her own influence, her own wealth, her own status she isn't afraid to get her hands dirty she's out there working with everyone just as much there's a little bit of uh what's the word you you get a, a taste of how primitive so to speak that the vikings are as they point out like oh my grandfather used this shit <laughs> so fucking old on how to pl plow fields and stuff like that like they've been doing this backbreaking labor and they're not really technically that's not the word technologically <laughs> advanced as their Euro european counterparts but she doesn't take offense to that but i know it has to be uncomfortable being in a place where you can't even understand the people around you she is invited back to the villa with the king she says i would like that i need a bath i love that athelstan does not add that part <laughs> i did love athelstan and that uh white that he had going on freaky i can learn a lot from you gotta come teach me as both father-in-law and daughter-in-law tried to get they they stuff wet <laughs> The way she bit into that grape, like, tell me about living amongst the Vikings. You're a princess. You're too precious for all that. Try me as I 
seductively bite into this grape. And you see that the king laughs at this. You would think he'd be offended. This is my son's wife. He's rather charmed by the fact that she isn't as prudish as, uh, say, her mother. (laughs) If you do not recall, her parents are the King Ayla and that one woman that wouldn't, that was like, I hope God comes before and shut up, bitch. (laughs) It was in the show two seconds and I hated you. So they uh, go back to the wooing, both of them, because Lagatha is presented with a bomb ass necklace. She's like, this is made by the dwarves. He's like, we don't have dwarves here. You can't see them. Clearly, we have differences in religion, but it's not enough for, say, Lagatha and and Ragnar to cause a divide. But again, the exceptions to the rules, man, everyone else on both sides would not be complacent in, oh, there is this kumbaya world where Athelstan can love Odin and love Jesus Christ the same. It's like, no, no. You have to choose. That's not allowed. <laughs> we don't allow that in this in this society. <laughs> uh, and then they say goodbye to each other as they go back to their land. Um, and at the end of the episode, she turns around and she sees that Athelstan with his hair all the way down. Both of his stigmatas are bleeding and she shows him that and it coincides with the wanderer showing up in Cadigate, which is why I correlated the supernatural events. Finally, let's talk about the the battlefield with with all of our other main Viking characters. Let's start off with my man Torsten. He is in a bad way. His left arm. We knew when he got stabbed with that arrow, if no one would treat it, because no one's a physician, it would probably get infected. And unfortunately, (laughs) it's exactly what happened. But it's happening slowly. He's not saying anything about it. I like how they had, you could see Ragnar in the back coming, but then you had Rolo on the other side. It's so rare that we, in the first two seasons, we saw the brothers so united. So it was nice to see just that confidence and comfortability between them as they go both approach their friend. They're not going to tell him how he's supposed to feel or what he's supposed to do. They're just like, hey, what's up? We notice you haven't been eating. Yeah, I'm not hungry. Here, try these mushrooms, which are the closest thing they have to medicine. <laughs> and those, yes, are magic mushrooms. <laughs> Rolo was eating a shit ton of them. There was a lot of humor with our group this week. (laughs) Intentional or unintentional, I'm not quite sure, but some very strong performances as well. Princess, uh, after they handle that situation, because Rolo stays with him, I like that. Like Ragnar doesn't even have to say anything to his brother. He gets it. He knows what's up. He needs to do other things, but he's also very worried about his friend, their friend. He goes back to the princess. She, Sybil says, I can't believe that my uncle is dead. He said, girl, you saw it happen. Yeah, but I won't believe it. I need to see his head. 
The funny part was when he's like, Floki. And Floki just floats his ass from around the tree that he was apparently creeping on. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? He tells him, go get the uncle's head. He's like, yeah, I'll go get the head. <laughs> and then he chops it off with his axe and hates the wolf and the bishop is just... What the fuck is this shit? And then we get one of Sybil's best performances, understanding how this woman who's so overly sexualized because that's the only way in which she can get any power back in her life, talked about how when she was six years old, her uncle not only slept with her, well, not slept, molested her. He passed her around to his friends and shared her with his or her brother and pointed out that he thought that she should be honored because they would like the pleasure of sleeping with a child. Go suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a motherfucking dick. Suck a dick, suck a huge or small dick. Ragnar's expression. <laughs> this was some of his best facial acting. <laughs> I mean, he wears King like, I don't fucking want this. <laughs> not even like I'm the most competent one because you have to realize he left and came back and all those warriors and all of the men couldn't fucking fix the situation he got here like 24 hours and he already wiped out half the fucking army (laughs) and then I mean that also goes to show how competent he is as a general as he is uh and figuring things out and and accomplishing things and even even King Edward's like, shit, I ain't worried. <laughs> I mean, ain't heard anything from the uh, army. Yeah, well, Ragnar's out there, so <laughs> I got I got no concerns. <laughs> that man, if anyone's gonna win, it's gonna be him. But the more he learns about these Saxons, he's just like, what the fuck? Who the f-? like? Cause that's that's not even something that you know Vikings that are supposed to be these horrible type of that no 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 (laughs) this is what power so that's his appalled look on his face and then when she got the head and started stabbing it to death (laughs) he just turned away and walked off i told you that bitch crazy floki over there chuckling like she ain't so bad after all then she but I, i felt that i felt that she stabbed him for everything he took away from her spit and threw his head away that's the most she could possibly do. Back to Torsten and Rolo. He's <laughs> been eating a lot of the mushrooms, okay? He's been eating a lot of the mushrooms. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he looks over and he sees one of the captured soldiers, and his leg is at a bent angle, and he just keeps looking at it like. I'll be back. So he gets up, goes over to this man who ain't done nothing wrong, chops his leg off while everyone watches. <laughs> and once again, Bishop and Aetherwolf. These niggas crazy as fuck. I wanted to say, Rolo, you psycho son of a bitch, but it was so funny when he sat down and was like, and Torsten said, why did you do that? I don't know, it's the angle. I ain't like the look of it. <laughs> That's on some straight up on drugs. 
<laughs> type of answer. So in one way, I can't make him responsible for his actions. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. And it shouldn't have been, but it was. Then we go to uh, Torin and fucking Bjorn. Torin thinks that she is, she's actually annoying me. <laughs> Both of them are. Because <laughs> she's over there acting like she is something that she's not. She barely fucking got through the first battle and she's sitting over there instead of practicing or some shit. She's over there like, <laughs> I'm so pretty. And it's not, she don't take it seriously. Bjorn comes over to be like, bitch, you ain't ready. And she's like, I don't care. And to that, he goes, marry me. And she's like, of course I'll marry you. Okay. And then they go their separate ways. You've reached your limit on talking. Shut the fuck up. I do appreciate the fact that Ragnar is stepping away from allowing, you know, he's not all up in his son's business. He gonna let him make his own fuck ups. Because what they're doing is a high school musical and this is not that. <laughs> not even close to being. He's not focusing where he needs to focus. She's not focusing where she needs to focus. And it's going to get someone hurt. They then go out once they have the location of the rest of the army to engage in battles because the Vikings are who they are. Scare tactics is half of their success. You know, once you do one thing so terrible and it starts to create a tale about you, people fucking don't want none of it. So when they put all of the deceased heads on their boats and rolled up and then you had <laughs> Ragnar with that bright ass smile. Hello, motherfucker. Of course, people got the fuck up out of there even his own general was like nah we don't want none of that we don't want none of that that's 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 fucked up okay we don't roll with fucked up so he advises him to leave even though his sister yells out just stay there we're gonna work things out it wasn't your fault ragnar is annoyed of course because uh she's saying that her brother can be saved and he's watching him do things like go and get reinforcements <laughs> he's like that's not good oh i forgot that one scene before with sybil when she came over with torsten and rollo and she threw her cup down she's like i'm looking for your king <laughs> and she brings up the fact that they can't understand her which is great because like when she was talking about her backstory no one can understand them so it also tells you that, you know, communication is a lot because you get to know people, you get to understand what motivates them, so on and so forth. And then she uh, kind of drunkenly stumbles down. <laughs> Rolo can't help himself. He just goes right over and grabs her boob. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you want to be friendly. I can put your hand in me. He's like, no, I, 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 want, I want to have sex with you. She's like, no, no. You understand that, didn't you? <laughs> they just laugh. They're like, I, I had to try it. I had to try it. <laughs> Aether Wolf is sent with another soldier to find their location or see where they're going to be at. Aether Wolf took a second, but he did end up nodding to Ragnar. 
And I know it has to be frustrating for him in a certain way. Like, yes, he's doing this at the behest of his father, but his father also sent him out to be a a minion to someone else. <laughs> like he should be leading more and he's not. Like he's just basically there to ensure that the king is uh interest is there as well. That's it. And he is now a lower position to Ragnar, which uh, granted he is a king. Uh so there and, and it never seemed to me that Aethelwolf dislike Ragnar other than him believing that he betrayed him that one time which certainly fair enough even though it wasn't Ragnar I'm sure he didn't go back and say hey so that time that you fucked me over Ragnar's like yeah let me explain to you what happened no (laughs) shit happened it happened but but uh I never got the sense that he hated Ragnar and they do end up capturing one of the one of the knights. They threaten them. They get the location. And then they say, come sup with me because we're not like the Vikings. We're not going to kill you even after you've given us the information. So they're trying to say, hey, we're the more lenient. We're the more uh, civilized type of people, even though you yourself are using a hot poker to threaten this man for information. Uh, I think the capability of being barbaric uh, simply is based on what the circumstances are. And and you can say that you're above him, but you haven't been pushed to to the same scenarios like, I don't know, hunger. (laughs) Remember, this all started because of the fact that they're where they're at. It's just not enough food for people and people are suffering and dying. The reason why Ragnar, I think, wanted to stay because Torsten did not accompany them on shore. Instead, he ended up going into the water probably because he's hot. So that's another sign of infection. And so everyone's playing their favorite game of toss the coin. When Torsten says, I want you to cut my fucking arm off. Uh, Bjorn's like, well, first he's like, why would you want me to do that? Because it's infected. It's killing me, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you all know it and they're all kind of helpless and it's really sad that they're helpless to know what to do and uh, the only thing they can think of is to cut it off but they know that's going to leave him severely handicapped and we already know how they feel about warriors and being handicapped and how important it is for them to die in battle so that they can get into Valhalla but he chooses to want to of course save his life in this moment so Bjorn says, I'll do it. And he's like, you're so empathetic. That's a good sign of your father. But I want Floki to do it. And I think that's because him and Floki have always had this really close bond. Where they shared his wife. Uh, and so a hot iron. And I love when you turn around, you see that Ragnar's been watching the entire thing. You know, even though he's distanced from it, it affects him very deeply. And that's why he didn't want to go when... Sybil asked, well, why didn't you go with them? Because I'm trying to be with my friend. So they take a very hot, hot, hot ass ex and they chop his arm off. And despite that happening and the considerate blood loss he probably sustained and the fact that the inspection may have already poisoned his blood, this is horrific for everyone involved, everyone involved. 
and them even throwing down the plank. They all knew it was coming. And even afterwards, he still doesn't look 110% as everybody watches him on the ground. Aether Wolf come back, comes back and say that they discovered where the army is. And that's kind of where we leave the episode. And it's sad because I love Torsten so much. So much. There is one scene I did not mention, which was the fact that Judith went to Athelstan for confession and admits that she dreamt of sleeping with him and the two end up kissing. The king, Eckbert, is aware of his daughter-in-law's fascination with their priest. And she says, men like that are dangerous. And she says, well, what does that make of you, my king, who is just as mysterious and so on and complicated that makes you, you dangerous as well? But what's interesting, once again, is that King Eckbert doesn't seem to be at all <laughs> bothered by the fact that his daughter-in-law likes to want to step out on her husband. He seems to support that. I have exhausted all my feelings on the episode. So let's hop on into the mailbag. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is feedback for Vikings um, episode two of season three. Um, I have some great news. I got my, my Jeep back, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, however, I also do not remember <laughs> exactly how I used to do these podcasts in my car. I know it used to be uh, like kind of loud. Um, like I was underwater and there was, I was going to try and not uh, do them in my car. That was my new year's resolution, but I was listening to the um, podcast for Vikings, uh, the season opener of three. And I realized that I watched episode two, but never sent in feedback. Um, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, hopefully you can hear this because I really don't remember. And I feel like it's kind of loud. Um, I have it hooked up to my car because I have the Bluetooth, so I, I don't know how to not do it, and I think uh, I used to just not do it in my car anymore when I had the, the rental car, and then I had a complimentary car from the dealership because they were taking forever with my car. The accident happened October 20th on my way to work, and I did not... I, I literally just talked to the person um, that was responsible for the, the insured person that was responsible for the accident. I just talked to the, that claims adjuster and on Tuesday she called me and was like, oh yeah, so we, we approved your claim. Because they were trying to not do it because the person didn't have a driver's license. So I, I just started the process to get my dang on money back yeah so this is stupid but you know anyway um there's that um <laughs> so who knows when i'm going to get this in information back and then on top of everything the dealership charges you to use a credit card it's like i'm not about to spend 500 dollars on a deductible of my own personal money when i don't even know when i'm going to get it back so i'm just supposed to just sit here and spend 500 dollars out of my bank account and expect that 
okay, just cross my fingers and hope in the next, you know, two or three weeks I'm going to get it back. Why would you not allow people to use a credit card? It's so disrespectful. And I, I know people do it. Businesses do it because they know when a person is paying something regarding an insurance claim, they're not going to use their own money because they're going to get reimbursed. Yeah. America sucks. Everything about the healthcare system, the when I, I went to the hospital because I wanted to make sure that something didn't happen in the accident. Like, I didn't feel like I was hurt, but I've, I've known people who got in an accident and thought they were fine, and then two, three days later, they collapsed because they either had a blood clot or they had a concussion or something like that. I was like, I don't want that to be me. I want it documented that I went to the doctor, but if something happens, I have, you know, proof that, you know, I, you know, I need to, that I, I went to get medical care, and this they told me, you know, in, you know, two, three days afterwards, people could, you know, have a bleed or something that didn't, it was too small to show on the first imaging, and now, you know, it shows up now, afterwards. So, I was like, okay, well, that's good to know, so things I can keep an eye out for. But just for the, I was in the ambulance for probably, I don't know, it was like, it was like four point something miles. It was probably like 10 minutes. And I was in the emergency room for maybe like two and a half, three hours. And that shit cost like $9,000. Are you fucking kidding me? Y'all didn't even do nothing but do some imaging my neck and my head. Gave me some, like a non-narcotic pain medication. Started an IV that you didn't even have to use because they gave me like, um, it was an IV pain medication, but it was like an anti-inflammatory. So they could have gave me ibuprofen that would have done the same thing. It just would have been a pill. I did. I they did my blood pressure like three times, and um, I, I think that was it. <laughs> Y'all didn't even do nothing, and that shit cost nine thousand dollars. The healthcare system is a fucking joke. Like there is no reason all that. Y'all should have charged me that much to be in the hospital for that that short amount of time and y'all didn't even do anything Whew, lord have mercy and then you have to pay the ambulance ride itself like of that nine thousand dollars it was like fifteen hundred that shit was like 10 minutes and the did the, the dude took my vitals and you know that was it he didn't have to do anything he didn't even start an IV on me which i feel like they should have because then at least it would have been you did something for fifteen hundred dollars Jesus, Lord, America, y'all need to do better. <sighs> anyway, um, so back to Vikings. Um, first of all, I would like to say, ma'am, that you did spoil something because you said in your feedback that um, the uncle that she hates so much, the princess, that that was the uncle that raped her. We weren't supposed to know that because I didn't. I I didn't find that out. I remember us finding out that her boy, her brother, sexually assaulted her, and I remember being shocked and appalled by that. But we didn't find out that it was the uncle that made him do it until this episode and two. And I I know I would have remembered her saying her uncle raped her too. She only told us that she killed her brother because he raped her multiple times and then we find out in this episode that that uncle uh that she hates his uncle because he was the one that uh brought her brother to her and then she said that he said 
like she cried about it and asked him to stop and it's like no she brought other men because they they should have the pleasure of having sex with a child like what the fuck like i know the that morality changes over the course of you know i guess it, it changes you know based off okay so my bad i uh, dropped the phone and then i had some trouble finding it and then i had to pause it to get my life together anyway uh what i was saying was i know morality changes over the course of time like i feel like things that were considered wrong or immoral you know weren't so bad you know if you go back in history just you know just from what i've seen i'm not a history buff like you christina but i do know that like just like the way people used to kill in viking culture or even amongst christians it wasn't considered a sin because it's like you know you're killing for your your religion or you're killing for jesus or whatever the hell they used to say so like i i get it but i just cannot comprehend the the sentence that they should have the pleasure of having sex with a child like i just i just can't understand like if purity was so important for princesses that couldn't have been an acceptable thing like i just can't imagine that was okay like with her parents like her parents couldn't have couldn't have known that or yeah i don't believe they could have known that the uncle and the brother were were sexually assaulting their child like that just can't be acceptable behavior even for royalty i don't know but anyway that shit was a shocker and wanting the the uncle's head for her to like gouge out the eyes that was a little i don't know a little disturbing um but you know i always felt like the princess was a little a little off so that doesn't surprise me at all um she was a little peculiar um and i don't think <laughs> i don't think her wanting to gouge out the eyes made it seem any different so there's that um also what else um um i wanted to talk about the whole aslog thing um i was under the impression that ragnar never loved her either um i'm not saying that he didn't love that she gave him sons and she loved that he was a good mother but i never got the impression that he loved her like you could say i love you to someone and not mean it he doesn't say i love you to uh athelstan but we all know he does <laughs> so i mean just cuz you say something doesn't necessarily mean it's true and i would like to differ that you cannot have more than one love of your life you can only have one life so if you call everybody you love the love of your life then i feel like it doesn't have the same meaning i th- i feel like you get one time in your lifetime a love of your lifetime but you can love more than one person and i do feel like he loves aslog like you know as it, the mother of his child as the um caregiver of his children you know he probably loves having sex with her but he, him being in love with her i don't i don't know i know he said i i'm in love with two women but i just if you were really in love with two women 
then you would you would understand that you're not getting back with Lagatha, uh, Lagatha and you're, the other person that you're in love with, uh, you know, is going to have to do. But it just doesn't, I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem like that's the case. Um, I mean, if, I guess if he says it, we have no reason to believe that it's true. But I just, to me, if you were really in love with someone, you know, it was what, like, because he was still, she was, she was still pregnant, so it couldn't have even been a couple of years. So I don't understand how you could go to the seer and say in love with her, and then you, it fizzled out, you know. Because even if you wanted to, the baby to not be, you know, you didn't want the baby to live, and she did, I just can't, the way he is with his children, like it might take a minute, maybe he won't, you know, have a connection to, um, the baby until later but like I just can't imagine him disliking the child so much that it made him not want to love uh, um, Aslog anymore. I, I don't know but like I said it, it, it's definitely it, he definitely didn't have more than one love of his life. That's the part I disagreed with because I feel like you can only have one. Otherwise, why would that term exist? <laughs> you could have multiple loves of your life because you only get one life. Uh, anyway, uh, this episode, I, I don't think it was as, as it like, I guess, as uh, ash-impact as the first one. But there was some interesting things. Like, I don't know what the fuck was going on with, um, <laughs> with uh, why am I blanking on, on names right now? Ragnar's brother. I'm really having a brain fart, and it's going to come to me at some point. Um, him just staring at the guy and then, like, chopping off his leg. Like, that was weird. Was he high? I don't know. I don't know what that scene was supposed to be, but it was very weird, and um, I could have done without it. Uh, poor uh, Torn, though. He uh, lost his arm. Um, I don't know if he's going to even be... I mean, the way they feel about handicapped people I felt I always thought you know in my personal opinion that um maybe they would rather die than you know be handicapped like as like given a choice like my arm is killing me I guess it's just gonna kill me because I'm not gonna cut it off but he was like take it off you know I I don't know if if maybe you know not having not having to use your legs is definitely more of a debilitating, uh, you know, handicap than not having one arm. So maybe that's the difference. Um, or maybe with Torin being handicapped and also being a very good, good and close friend of Ragnar, maybe that'll make him see disabilities a little bit different. I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that this is this injury is going to change something, especially for Torn. I hope he goes back home and realizes that, you know, you, you made those two baby mamas and you need to figure that shit out. Especially now, you almost, you could have died. Maybe that'll put some, some realization in his life. Um, the other thing was, I, I kind of, like, I don't necessarily like the fact that the, uh, King uh, Eckbert 
is all up in fucking Lagatha's vagina. Um, I don't know how <laughs> Ragnar is going to feel about that, but I, I, I absolutely am, am down for it because of the fact that Kelp um, is in the middle of taking over Lagatha's spot as Earl in, I think, I want to say they weren't in Switzerland. Where were they? It started with an S. Wherever her, her uh, kingdom is. Uh, earldom, I think it's called Earldom. Wherever her land is, um, like he's in the middle of getting, you know, people on his side, and it looks like, he, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it was already been, you know, uh, I don't le legitimize, maybe is the right word, as Earl. Um, so he already has all those people on his side. So when she gets there it's gonna be a fight um and that dream that he had about Ragnar eating his liver that was gross but um after seeing what they did to um what, what was it called the eagle you know I maybe eating somebody's liver is a thing I I don't know sounds disgusting I hope he cooked it before he started eating it but if blood was running down his mouth like a river it was probably wrong, but, you know, we'll see what uh, becomes of Ragnar over the years. Um, and then, uh, but if, if Lagatha decides that she does want to have something with this um, king, because it doesn't, it doesn't, like, we saw him having sex with the princess. Um, so, you know, we haven't seen him with the queen. So maybe he doesn't have one. Maybe he is free to marry. And if that's the case, that'll open up some doors. I don't know that it could happen the way that I'm thinking it, just because she is a pagan. And I know Lagatha isn't going to renounce her gods. Um, and he's a Christian, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. But I am interested to see the way this plays out, because, like I said, I don't know how Ragnar is going to um, handle this news that she's being woed by the Westeros king. Um, and I also think it's very, I don't know what it is about the, the, what is her name? The one that's fucking obsessed with, um, uh, Athelstan. Like, she being a fucking creeper, wanting to confess her sins to him. That shit was weird. And she's weird. And, her being so intrigued by Athelstan. I don't know. I don't like it. And I don't like her. Um, her husband is already, you know, even though he's fighting with the pagans and they're winning, he still thinks that he's better than them. So this isn't going to go over well. Hopefully Athelstan can be unscathed from this these shenanigans. But I guess only time will tell. Um, I think that's all I have to say. So I'll end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, be me out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. I am glad that you got your cheat back. I know that sucks, 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 sucks every time when you're in a situation where the other company is not very forthcoming or helpful. Uh, yeah, most people don't know you can't deny a claim based on someone's license status. It's like, no, that's for the police to determine. Yes, it's a requirement for their policy to be non-renewed based on their licensing requirements but it does not involve a claim 
has no bearing on a claim people say it all the time well he didn't have a license so he's he's responsible no no <laughs> he could still have a nice light not have a license and not be responsible for an accident same thing i hear all the time about police support well i got a police support an officer told me that he was responsible well, guess what officers don't determine liability they just don't if i have enough evidence that supports a different scenario then that's what i i can go on <laughs> <laughs> we could fight it out in arbitration which we already had a lot of those conversations insurance is is a bag certainly that certainly that um going on to the episode i thought my bad i really did think she said that i, th I thought she did say that at the table clearly i was mistaken so i did spoil that but it was only for an episode <laughs> so at least it wasn't something huge but I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing this. I know I, I'm probably not going to be perfect, but I'm, do, I'm doing my darn best. That's why some of this, I just, I don't even want to talk about because I might accidentally fucking spoil something. The Pope did totally forgive a lot of people just went out and said, Hey, if you kill in the name of God, guess what? You're still going to heaven. And so a lot of people went out and killed and raped, mind you, not just murdered. We talking about rape. We're talking about torture. We're talking about little babies being thrown in pits all in the name of Jesus Christ, okay? But I think what the show is trying to do is highlight the same thing with Athelwolf, Athelwolf being like, oh, we're not like these pagans, that men of God are not godly. Ragnar, of course, is just now being exposed to this type of, you know, ideology that these men, all he's ever met is Athelstan, and this is a good person, this good man. So to learn that people with rich and power and it's supposed to be under the the uh because in in viking culture being blessed by the gods or being successful mean that the gods are showing favor on you so if the gods are showing favor and and they're favoring these people and they're horrible well, what does that mean fair point about love of life i just can't imagine a love of one life of one's life so that's why i'm struggling with the idea and, and even though you get one life i i mean what if you the love of your life died and then you end up having 30 years of someone else would that person not be considered the love of your life i don't know it's an interesting question but yeah it's fair fair if to, to see it differently lagatha i forgot about the prophecy that was i only caught two parts of it because i didn't write any notes down but i remember cleaved into by a deceiver i think we all can guess who that is and harvest with blood something we have not seen and as far as, uh, oh, wait, because you were like, well, they wouldn't see it with love of life. You know how I feel about that. I'm like, they made that shit up. Anything humans make up, I'm like, it doesn't necessarily need to <laughs> have a complete 100% <laughs> backing of. Okay? They did have a one love of their life. Yeah, because their life was 40 years. <laughs> and they married at 15 and the church didn't allow divorce. Of course, it's the love of one's life. You are correct, though. He definitely resisted the handicap. Uh, certainly why he suffered in agony for so long, because he could have just went out in a battle of glory, but he wanted to live. He chose to live, and that's why he chose a very tricky procedure to to try to extenuate his life. However, I think that, uh, that it was something he mulled over for a very long time, at least for almost 24 hours. And you see the foolishness of gods, you know, everyone's having these dreams and, and apparitions and all these ideas. And while the show does play with that, 
all these omens uh, and, and premonitions, what do they actually mean? Does that mean you're going to be successful just because you get a piece of what you think uh, is uh, a mark of goodness could be a mark of, say, the devil or, 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 or could just only be half the story. So to base everything on your life off of, you know, a dream that you had, even though it worked in Ragnar's favor. So to be fair, <laughs> but I think his dream was his aspirations were built in the foundation of humanity he never ever really focused on the gods offering him what he needed to succeed he believed in the gods and i believe he still believes in the gods however i think at this point he's starting to have that still that struggle of faith that started last season when he murdered an entire generational line that now now he's played with more things and i think that for ragnar it is just a matter of exploration where everyone else, it's a matter of commitment. And everything else you said was mildly interesting because I can't talk on it and I refuse to. I refuse to even supposition with you. I will not be called out again. <laughs> Probably will next week. <laughs> Shy gonna come back. Uh, and also... <laughs> that is going to wrap up our podcast this week if you want to join in the conversation blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic